morning, New Hope. Good to see you all. How about a hand for the worship team? Just every week how they lead us and uh, just so encouraging to do that. I want to welcome you all. I'm Ryan if we haven't met and also welcome all of you online. If you're at a campground or maybe traveling this morning, uh, this Labor Day weekend, we're so glad that you are uh, with us this morning. I want to encourage you all, if you haven't done so already, to uh, take a look in your bulletin. Also, this connection card is in there. If uh, you would take a moment and fill this out, let us know you are here. Uh, We would appreciate that. For those of you on campus in the lobby, there's a box there. This can go in that box. And if you're watching online, you'll be given a link to the online bulletin, online connection card. You can do all the same things remotely that you can here on campus in terms of, uh, of that. Also, in a moment, we're going to receive uh, the Lord's tithes and offerings. So if you brought a gift for God today, that can also be dropped in the box in the lobby. If you're here on campus, there's also some online ways to give. And I want to tell you, thank you this morning, that you give and how you give. And each week, we try to celebrate one way that you're giving, you're investing into into kingdom work is making a difference. And this morning we're gonna be celebrating and are celebrating small groups in our small group ministry. Uh, Some small groups are already meeting, but many are launching here in the next week or two. And we couldn't be more excited for the fall semester uh, for groups. Uh, There are, um, I believe, 30 groups that are launching that have over 400 adults participating in a small group this semester which is fantastic. When you give, you invest into those types of ministries where people are coming together. And small groups have three primary goals. Number one is that they would love and care for each other. You know, on Sunday morning, we sit in rows, but in small groups, we sit in circles. And that way we can visit each other and share life together and pray for each other. And that's where the good stuff happens. And so loving one another happens in small groups. Also grow and growth and spiritual growth and getting in the word together. And finally, the value of serving others in Jesus' name. And so love, grow, grow. Our church values are exemplified in our small group ministry. And uh, so we're very excited for the, this new semester. Also want to say thank you to all of you who are small group leaders and how you love on, how you shepherd and invest in the people in your group. Those of you who open your homes each week uh, to host a small group, thank you for that. Can we just do this though? Can we pray right now and commission our small groups, pray for our leaders, pray for this coming semester, and uh, and just all the ways that God wants to work in these groups uh, that are launching right now. Would you join me uh, for that? Let's, Let's pray together. Father, this morning, we thank you for for these groups, for these leaders, for these hosts that are making these groups happen this semester. And we want to pray over the 400 plus adults that are in these groups that you would bless them and encourage them that this would be a semester that is marked by growth and love for you, love for one another. That as people get in the word, as they share life, as they share the, the, the highlights and the wonderful things of life, but they also talk about and grieve with one another the hard parts. I pray that nobody in those groups would feel unloved and unsupported. And so we entrust them to you. Thank you for the leaders. Give them just a special anointing and your your blessing over them as they lead these groups. And we entrust them to you. And we thank you as well that we can worship you this morning through giving over with the offering, Father. We too pray that our time in the word would be beneficial for us all. In your name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Hey, thank you for that. Grab your Bibles, please. Acts chapter 8 is where we're at this morning, is where we're going to be uh, today as we are finishing up a sermon series. I do want to mention as you're turning there, 
next Sunday is a Sunday you do not want to miss. Next Sunday, we both launch a brand new sermon series called Fighting for Family. And we're going to be just, we've been praying and working to, to have a season, a few months of just encouraging you, whatever family looks like for you, marriage, parenting, grandparenting, uh, extended family, family relationships. We want to invest into that. And so it's going to be a great season that we're going to be launching next Sunday. And in addition, next Sunday is also our New Hope open house for the Expanding Hope Building Project. So here's what that means. That you get to come not only to worship here, but you get to go into the new facility. You get to see uh, it set up and ready to go. You get to find out where your kids' classrooms are, if that applies to you. It's gonna be a great Sunday of celebration next week. So please plan on joining us. And I would tell you, this is one of those Sundays it's better to be on campus than online. So I plan to be here for that next, uh, next Sunday. And as I just mentioned, because we're starting that next Sunday, we are wrapping up today, Impact. I hope this has been an encouragement for you, this sermon series, as we've looked at Acts chapters uh, one through eight and looking at this first church and looking at some different attributes of what does it mean to be a person of impact. As we begin this morning, I want to take us back to where we started our very first Sunday together in this sermon series and a key verse. The verse is Acts chapter one, verse eight. You don't have to turn there, but here's what it says. This is a promise from Jesus. One of his last words, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that was Pentecost. That was Acts chapter two. We got to read about that. And it continues, Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem. That's Acts, Acts chapters two through seven. And then he says, he continues on, and in all Judea and Samaria, that was last Sunday's message, Acts chapter eight, verses one through 25, that Pastor Tom shared with us. And then finally it says, and to the ends of the earth, which is gonna be today's passage where we'll pick up in verse 26 to finish the chapter here in chapter eight. You see, the Ethiopian eunuch who we're going to look at, Ethiopia was considered the ends of the earth. And here we have this initial fulfillment of the promise of Jesus just in Acts chapters 1 through 8. The promise that continues to unfold that we get to be a part of today. So if you have your bulletin, I hope you do, and a pen, you're ready to take some notes. Here's your very first fill in the blank because this is our big idea for this morning. Our big idea this morning is that we want to be people that build bridges not walls. To say it a different way, a person of impact will be a person who is a bridge builder and not a person who hides behind walls. Now what this looks like is being a person who makes it a priority to build friendships with others, to build trust, to build connections with them. But I think that in and of itself, while that's important, I don't know that that's sufficient for what we're going to talk about today. Because I want to tell you something that I'm, I'm convinced of personally, and I hope you are too. And that is that the strategic way for the church today to make a powerful impact in the lives of other people is to do this bridge building, but to do it with people who are not like you. In other words, to do it with people who are different. The church, to say it a different way, will have profound impact in culture today when we as the church, the people, intentionally pursue loving, connecting with, and building bridges with people who have a different maybe faith system, who have a different politics, who have a different race, 
and you fill in any other category where places where culture puts up walls and boxes and puts people in them, when we, the church, say we don't see walls, we see opportunities to build bridges, when we do that, we will have a tremendous opportunity to impact people. But here's the problem. Historically, we as a church, I mean big C church, not just New Hope, but we as a church, we are not very good at this. We're just not. I wanna share with you a picture my father-in-law shared with me recently that I think does a good job of capturing this. Here's the picture. Let me ask you a question. What is wrong with this picture? This is a bridge in Honduras. The Honduras people call it the bridge to nowhere. I think this is a fitting picture to what's going on in the relationship between church and culture today. Because see, when they built this bridge, they obviously didn't build it this way, but they had a storm come through, a hurricane come through, and what it did was it rerouted the river. And so let me show you a different picture. The one on the left was the original bridge that functioned like a bridge, and now you see where it's at today. But I wanna use this as a comparison to what's happening today in culture. Because see, what's going on is that culture has shifted. Culture fairly rapidly, like the river, has moved. It no longer, we're in a post-Christian setting, it no longer um, carries a biblical worldview that some of you who maybe are older, you remember days when our culture did have those types of remnants, but it doesn't today. The river has moved, culture has shifted, but the problem is the church hasn't adjusted. See, the ways that the church would use to reach the community in the past don't simply work today. And this is a picture of why culture today in large measure views the church as irrelevant, as, as pointless, that culture doesn't listen anymore to the church, that people don't drive by a local church and think, this is where I wanna go to find life's answers and support. This is not what we have today. So we at New Hope Church, our conviction is such that we don't wanna just simply be a church bridging to nowhere, to nobody who's listening. We don't exist just for ourselves. And so we talk about here at New Hope that we wanna help people follow, find and follow Jesus. And what that entails is two things, that we are grounded and committed to the truth of scripture. We are unwavering, unapologetic, and we will not shift from that. But we will take that message and that important good news intentionally to people. We don't just wait for culture to show up here. We go to them. We shift our bridge to where culture is to love and to reach people, including people that are different from us. And that's what our passage this morning is all about. What we're going to look at is this account of a man named Philip and his interaction with a man who was very different from him. And in this passage, I want us to learn together three different uh, ingredients, attributes, whatever you want to call it, for how Philip engaged with somebody who was different from him. And these are all things that we can apply to our lives today. We can do this. We can be that kind of a person of impact because we recognize the opportunities to build bridges is all around us. So hopefully you're ready for that. Let's go ahead and jump in our number one attribute. Here it is. The first one is just simply willingness. That you and I, we would be willing to build a bridge. Just the willingness is a tremendous place to start. Would you read with me, please? In Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
Now, I want to give us some context here. So here's a map for you. Jerusalem's in the center of the map, and that's the road. There's actually two roads from Jerusalem to Gaza, but uh, the one that he sent him on is the one I tried to use there for the red arrow. This was the the road that you have. Now, Philip, uh, you might remember him from Acts chapter 6. He was one of the seven men who was identified as wise and full of the Holy Spirit, who was one of the deacons to help with the widow distribution of food. That's the same Philip. He's a man who loves Jesus, who is, is mature in his faith. And God has this calling on his life. He says, I want you to go to this, this tiny little town out in the middle of nowhere. This, Gaza is like the last tiny town with no stoplight, but it's the last place to gas up and get a Slurpee before you get to Egypt, right? Like that's the last place you sort of have to stop. And this desolate road, there's nobody really that traveled on that road. They all went on the other road. But the Lord called Philip. Well, let's be honest. This is not a glamorous call. And this is one that was sort of a head scratcher. And it lacked a lot of details. It lacked a lot of details. But I love how Philip responded, though. Look with me now at verse 27. It simply says, so he started out. He was obedient to God. Even when the call was like, that's strange. That's uncomfortable. It's hot down there. Do you know that road? That's a terrible road. Are you serious? Like all those sort of excuses that he could have rolled through his mind, he didn't do that. He said, okay, God, if that's where you're sending me, that's where I go. So he started out, as it says in verse 27, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So Philip obeys and he meets this man and they have this divine appointment, this opportunity to interact with each other. And it really began with a simple conversation, didn't it? But that's what bridge building looks like. It's simple. It's natural. It's a conversation. And that's what they had with each other. But I don't want us to miss that this Ethiopian man was very different than Philip. You you have Philip, he's Greek. The Ethiopian is obviously Ethiopian. You have another difference that Philip was this regular sort of guy. This man though, he's rich and he's powerful. And we know that because, because he had a chariot, he had an entourage, he had a powerful job. He, um, He's returning home with a copy of the book of Isaiah. I know we can go online and just buy a Bible and it's sort of don't think twice about it. And that day to have a copy of scripture was incredibly rare. A synagogue might have a copy, but for an individual to have one meant he had a lot of money, a ton of money to purchase his own copy of Isaiah. So he has money. Uh, Next, you have Philip who loved Jesus. He is a man who is spiritually settled. This Ethiopian eunuch is spiritually searching. You're going to see in a moment, he's questioning, he's longing for something. He has all the money and power, but inside there's something hollow in his heart that he's looking to have filled. It continues on. They have different skin color, different cultural background, different political views, different worldviews, and more. These two men could not be more different. And yet, Philip obeyed. He was willing to go, and he simply starts with a conversation. So let me ask this morning, the people in your life and around your life that are not like you, are you willing to go? Are you willing to talk and to engage and to befriend them? 
Culture encourages walls, but the church, we should seek to build bridges. Are you willing? That's number one. Let's look at what happens next. Your next fill in the blank. Number two, build a bridge by asking questions. Build a bridge by asking questions. Let's keep going in verse 29. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. As an aside, in the ancient world, when people would read, we sort of read silently. They didn't. They always read out loud. So this is why Philip could hear the man reading Isaiah, uh, the prophet. And Philip asked a question. He says, do you understand what you are reading? And how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. We're going to see in a moment. He's in chapter 53. This is where he was reading from, verses 7 and 8. Where it says this, that he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? I love this scene. Philip willing to go and then willing to engage. He runs up to the chariot. He sort of bypasses security and protocol. The eunuch didn't seem to care. And he goes up to him as he's reading. And what happens, and I put happens sort of like in quotations, because God is orchestrating all these events. He happens to be reading a passage of scripture that's all about Jesus. And then he, runs, he goes up to the, the man, the Ethiopian, and he asks a simple question, which is our point. He says, do you understand what you're reading? And some of you may be like, amen to that. Like, I read the Bible, I don't understand what I'm reading. Like, I get the Ethiopian, like, that's me. I would love to have somebody explain it to me. And so you know how this man would have been feeling as he's working through and reading this verse. He's like, I don't really know who he's talking about. But that became the opportunity that Philip had. Philip asked questions. And let me remind us all this morning, asking questions is effective and it's powerful. You want to know why? Because asking questions is two things, at least. Number one, it extends the conversation. And it keeps the conversation going. But the second thing it does is it communicates care to the other person. Sometimes, and let's be honest, some of us, we're way better at talking than listening. Sometimes we're, we're, we're way better at taking a topic of conversation and spinning the topic to sort of come back to be about ourselves and not about the other person. Asking questions is an important life skill. Asking questions is an important ministry skill. And here Philip opens this wonderful door of opportunity for ministry simply by asking a question and keeping the topic about him and what he's going through and what he's wrestling with. His questions. That is a great way to have impact is by asking questions. So I want to ask you today, do you ask questions? In your relationships, how do you do with this area? Are you better at talking than asking? And I would challenge you too, just to, to think about and pay attention this week to how you relate. How do you do in this area? Showing love by asking questions to family members and coworkers and neighbors and friends is a wonderful way to have an impact. So that's number two, our last one. Number three, and it's build a bridge by sharing about Jesus. 
Build a bridge by sharing about Jesus. Verse 35 says, then Philip, he began with that very passage of scripture there in Isaiah 53, and he told him the good news about Jesus. And again, I just want to highlight the Lord was all over this scene. The Lord was already working in this Ethiopian's heart that he would even make a trip, a massive trip from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. He was already working in his heart. He was working in Philip's heart and life to bring him and call him to be the exact crossroads of where these two men would meet. To then have the Ethiopian, as I just mentioned, to be reading the exact place in Scripture that's all about Jesus. So for Philip to ask a question that ushered in this wonderful conversation. Are you seeing it? Like the Lord did all the heavy lifting in this moment. He was orchestrating all of it. All that Philip had to do was to be willing to take a step of obedience, to ask a question. And all of a sudden the door opened up and there was this great opportunity to talk about Jesus. And maybe this has happened in your life. Maybe you've almost been shocked when it's happened. When you've been like with somebody and you're ministering to them or talking to them and trying to encourage them, all of a sudden they're like, I don't even know if there's a God. Do you know if there's a God? And you're like, ah, opportunity. Like, this is amazing. I get, I get to talk and share with somebody about that. This is what we see here. Philip simply did Honestly, what any one of us can do. Nothing is very hard about that. And if you're here this morning, you're thinking, I don't know what I would say about how to introduce somebody to Jesus. Can I just encourage you with this? Number one, let us help you learn those skills. But number two, just share your story. Just share your story. That my life was, was this way and now it's that way. And in the middle is just Jesus. He's the variable that changed everything. And so let me tell you about who he is in my life and what he did in my life. That's a great way to have a conversation with somebody. Let's read the rest of the story, verse 36. It says, as they, were travel as they traveled along the road, and no doubt they're having conversation and talking and Philip sharing the gospel with him. It says, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he ordered the chariot to stop. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit, suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at uh, Ozotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Tradition says, we don't know if this is true, but the, the, the eunuch went back to Ethiopia and became a missionary to his people there in Ethiopia. For Philip, we know a little more of his story. We just read it a little bit here until he, he moved to Caesarea. We know Philip settled down there. He started a family, got married, had kids. He lived in that town, ministered in that town, was faithful to the Lord. We know all that because he shows up again in Acts chapter 21 and he's still faithfully loving and serving in Caesarea when we see him about 20 years later. That's the story for each of them as they left. But for us, again, we see clearly these three principles. Be willing to obey. Be willing to pay attention to the other person by asking questions. And then opportunity to share Jesus. This is a beautiful way to build a bridge and not just hide behind a wall, and to do so with people that are different. I read a story this week, true story, about a football team in Texas, high school. 
Grapevine, Texas. And this team was good. They were large, 70 players, 11 coaches, supportive parents. I mean, it was just one of those healthy programs that, that the community loves and rallies behind. And they often were very successful. On one particular week, though, they had a, a, a game coming up that was a, a sort of a different kind of game that they'd ever experienced. They were playing a team that was much smaller. Their equipment was old and outdated. They never had parents that showed up to watch this team, but they did have 12 security guards that came. Because, see, this team, when they were bussed over to the game, they came in handcuffs. They were 0 and 8. They'd only scored two touchdowns the whole year, and they had no support. That was the next team on their schedule. The, the coach, Chris Hogan is his name, he, he had an idea. And he reached out to all the parents. He said, oh, I want to do something. Here's what I want to ask you to do. At this game coming up on Friday, would you, all you parents and all the supporters of the school, would you actually flip and go to the other side of the field and will you cheer on these boys, the other boys from the local maximum security prison? Would you, would you do that? The parents, it was awesome. They not only responded, they went a step further. They, they then created banners. They had these massive banners that they rolled out. They also learned the names of the players on the team so they could cheer for them by name. And they had banners that had their names on them. You know, go Chris and, and go John or whatever. They, they would do all that. And they sat on the other side of the field and they cheered on the opposing team that day. The high school team from Grapevine, of course, won the game, but it didn't really matter. After the game, they all gathered in the middle of the field to pray. And one of the boys from the prison said, can I pray? They're like, of course, sure. And he began to pray. And this is what he said. He said, Lord, I don't understand what just happened. And so I don't know how to thank you. But Lord, I never knew that there were people in the world that cared about us. Thank you. But the parents weren't done. After the game, they, they fed all the, the, the kids uh, burgers and fries and soda. They gave each of them a Bible. The parents wrote out, and each family took one, they, they did handwritten notes, letters to each of those boys they gave all that to them. And after they had had that lunch, or I guess it'd be dinner time at that point, that dinner together, the, the parents, the players, everybody from the school, they came and they formed this massive tunnel on the way to the bus, the high security prison bus that was going to take them back to jail. And these boys began to walk through this tunnel as they just celebrated them and cheered them. Those boys left stunned. That's bridge building. The thing about it is that's something that any of us can do. All of us can be willing. All of us can do things like ask questions to pay attention to others. And all of us can step into that place where we would share about the one who changes everything. That's something that, that any, any of us can do. We just, need to, we just need to look for those opportunities. So let me ask you this morning as we begin to close. Who in your life is not like you, but you can love them. Would you begin to pray for them if you don't already? Would you begin to look for opportunities? Would you play the long game with them and just say, as long as they're here and I'm here, I'm just gonna be that kind of person.
I'm just going to love them. I know we don't have a whole lot in common. But ultimately, Jesus, both who you have and who they need, you have in common. Can you imagine the impact if we all did this? Just loved in simple and profound ways. And if you're not convinced that this is something you should do, let me just share one last thing. This is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus did. Because the thing is, he's the ultimate bridge builder. He is. See, the wall of sin was up such that it separated us, you and me, from God, our maker. We have all played the part of the rebel. We have all turned our back on God and walked away. But he built that bridge from heaven to earth, spanning that, that, that gap and, and stepping into his own creation, born without sin, living the perfect life, going to the cross in our place so that we can have that second chance relationship with him. Aren't you glad that he is the bridge builder? Aren't you glad that what he did for you, now you get to do for other people and to point them to Christ. This is what it means to be a person of impact. This is what it looks like for God to use your life, not just in the places where, let's be honest, the church, we are very good at clustering where we're comfortable, staying in our holy huddles, but not having the mindset, we don't just exist for the people who are here today but for the people who need to hear. And speaking of that, I'd like to invite two special people to come up to the stage. Pastor Tom and Rob, if you would come on up, if you would, please. The worship team will make their way up as well. Tom and Rob are gonna be leaving in nine days, traveling to Zambia.